Science. Beer. Review. Episode. Antagonistic Collision. And welcome to Science Beer Review. We are a group of people passionate about science. In fact, some of us are scientists, that is, PhD students and postdocs. In this podcast, we use the primary literature to inspire improvised comedy sketches. Our aim is to make you think while we have fun. You may find that sometimes you will be having the fun while we are trying to think. Each of us has prepared an exciting science story, which also promises to act as a good inspiration for a sketch. The rest of us will listen about this for the first time along with you, the listener, which is something essential as it forces us to improvise. While we do our best to be accurate, we may make mistakes as the recording is made without interruption. We hope that part of the fun is for the listener to exercise their critical ability, that is, judge whether what you hear makes sense. We think this because, as I previously said, we are scientists. You can even have an opinion about whether we managed to capture the essence of the science story in the follow-up improvised sketch part. All episodes are always accompanied by chapter markers and show notes with links to the literature we used. And now that we have set up rules and expectations, let the games begin. Our improvisers for today are... Hedwig, evolutionary ecologist. Camilla, evolutionary biologist. Michalis, toxicologist. And me, Paris, evolutionary biologist. The first game we're going to play today is a cool paper, I think. And Paris is ready to take us? Yes, uh, more of a challenging paper. I thought to challenge myself by uh, trying to explain something complicated. This is a paper by Genu and colleagues published in Molecular Ecology. And it's about haplodiploids, which apparently is 20% of the animals. Now, you may be familiar with uh, humans that are diploid. That means they have two copies of the genome one from the father and one from the mother. Haplodiploids, like ants and bees, have different copies of the genome for different sexes. So females have two copies of the genome, like humans, but males have one copy. And that sets up quite interesting evolutionary dynamics. And this paper is about modeling what happens in the context of speciation, so reproductive isolation between different populations. Sometimes when you make a hybrid, the hybrid is worse than the parents, which happens if these are very different populations because they are perhaps adapted to their own environment and something intermediate is not good at anything. But sometimes the hybrid is better than the parents. This is called hybrid vigor. Mules are an example of hybrid vigor. It's it's an animal with positive characteristics of both the parental species. 
So when you make a hybrid, it is unclear whether overall the hybrid will be better or worse than the parents. It depends on how diverged the parents are. And that gets us to haplodiploids, because only the females have two copies of the genome to experience this hybrid vigor. The males have only one copy. Where it gets confusing and complicated is that it's about more than one gene. So when the same gene has different variants, that is what could cause hybrid vigor. But it's also possible to have two different genes with variants that have never experienced each other, as happens in different species. And when these variants are brought in a hybrid together, exactly because they haven't worked with each other, they are an untested genetic combination by selection. So it's very likely that this doesn't work well. Males and females can have this problem, but only females can have the advantage of having two variants of the same gene, because only females can have two copies of a gene. This is caused sexual antagonism. And often, sexual antagonism is thought to have to do with genes specific to functions or adaptations of different sexes. For example, a gene that makes you aggressive or gives you horns might be good for males because they tend to fight all the time and maybe an aggressive male tends to have lots of offspring, while an aggressive female won't have a lot of offspring. So this is a function that's sexually antagonistic. In these simulations I'm describing, we have a sexually antagonistic function with much more basic genetics, with just genetics involving incompatibilities between different versions of genes, even within the same gene or interactions between different genes. I won't go through the details of these simulations because there is quite a lot of parameters and it's quite complicated, but I'll make one point that... That's exactly what happens with the sex chromosomes in mammals. So humans have an X and a Y, females have two Xs, and males only have one. So the X is effectively haploid in males and diploid in females. So it has the same dynamics. The difference, of course, with with actual haplodiploids like ants is that the whole genome behaves this way. So you said that one-fifth of animals are are haplodiploids. Yes, in terms of biomass. Mm -hmm. In terms of species numbers, I'm not that sure right. about. I am a bit confused about the speciation part, as you explained a lot about hybrid vigor and antagonistic... Sexually antagonistic traits? Yes. How does this relate to speciation? It's a well-known observation that holds in many species that the X chromosome is overrepresented in hybrid incompatibility cases. And that's because it is haploid in males, which is responsible for various evolutionary forces. For example, you only get one copy in males, so if that copy is defective, it's immediately selected against, so it can evolve faster. Therefore, things that evolve fast can accumulate differences between species faster than things that evolve slowly. So it would mean that the speciation of haplodiploids could go faster than speciation of classical diploids. Yes, and I think that's the case. So this is why we have so many species of ants? <laughs> and of haplodiploids? <laughs> Possibly. In detail, there is a complicated model. The parameter space of the model for haplodiploids has many 
more evolutionary outcomes possible than what happens in diplets, mm-hmm. which in practice means the males can win more often in haplodiploids in this sexual antagonism. Wait, the males can win more often? <laughs> yes. What? So, <laughs> okay, so males win because only in haplodiploids there is a strategy of not hybridizing, which is the male strategy. Right. Because the males only get the negative effects of this. While the female strategy, under some parameter space, might be to hybridize because right. they, they could get a bigger benefit. So depending on the parameters... You may get lots of hybridization with a cost to males, so the females win, while well, some other parameter space, you don't get hybridization, so the males win. So if I would summarize this in one sentence, it would be that you do not require a specific function for a particular sex in order to have sexual antagonism. It might be something more fundamental about being one or the other sex that's sufficient to generate sexual antagonism. And in the case of haplodiploids, that's the number of genomes you have. <coughs> so, thank you, thank all of you for being here today on this presentation. Um, uh, Good. Thanks for having your attention. Um, today we're going to present a new product of our corporation. It's going to be a new pen that you can write if you go from left to right and you can erase if you go from right to left. It's going to be our new hybrid product. Excuse me. As you know, I'm left-handed, so I would like the pen to work the other way around. And that's why we've done an R version and an L version. The R is for right-handed and the L for left-handed. So for you, it's going to work the other way around. I am covered. Good. What are your thoughts? I have a lot of contact with my customers, and uh, I, I, I know that they do appreciate the care I we, we have with the L and R versions that's I think a brilliant point and I think we should really emphasize it because this is something what obviously the, the other company has not oh yes and I also have a lot of contact with uh, my customers in the jungle where I do field work and they absolutely appreciate the fact that we also uh, take account of left and right handed people Jessica we, we, and we should also emphasize that they are exploiting people in the further world countries. Hmm. John, are our products um, environmental friendly and uh, from uh, renewal, renewed sources, uh, you know, all, the, all those uh, things? Absolutely. We are environmental friendly to the max. I mean, we can erase things, which means we are getting the ink back and thereby recycling it. Hmm. So we don't actually erase it. We bring the ink back. Back in the pen. Um, so I would like, after this uh, point, I would like also to point out that we are in deep troubles. Our sales have gone down. Our previous products, they have not worked that well. So we really base the survival of our company to this hybrid new product. So do your best to sell it, please. Well, I will have one more suggestion. 
Jessica? We always had the strategy of selling the individual pants because we thought that the people will buy that many as they need. But I thought that in this case, we could sell pairs, L and right, in one package. So everybody oh. will actually buy two pants instead of one. And the thing is, everybody needs at least one. So everybody will like make a sense there, right? So I think we should finally go with pairs. That is a brilliant idea. Thank you so much for this uh, presentation, Mr. Richardson. Let's let's move on now to the focus groups. So welcome everybody in this focus group. We're now going to explore the different ideas of how to make our hybrid model better. Um, what about having different colors? Different colors? It's an option I will write on the board now. Is there any more input? What, what, what if we use a Valentine's Day to, to, to increase our sales to like put small hearts on, 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 on our pants? Right. We can use the special days in the year to increase our sale. I will write it down on the board. Yes? Uh, yes, uh, I was so wondering. You see, I like to keep my writings on paper and put on the wall. But I was trying this right-handed model of yours. And after a day, it sucked all the ink from my writings. And I don't remember my poem anymore. Oh, I can see that caused some inconvenience. Yes, it was very inconvenient because it was Valentine's Day and I wanted to... Say my poem to my wife of 30 years. And needless to say, we broke up. May I ask you, did he lose the left or the right-handed pen? Yes, that was another problem in our house. She was, you see, left-handed while I'm right-handed. So we always needed two pens. I'm sorry, Sir Dister, but I, I totally agree with you, mister. I was proposing this marketing strategy, but they would never ever listen. Ah, just... They don't listen. How much are you paying us for this focus group? Anyway, I have another point, let me tell you. Oh, it's gone. It's gone. This pen has taken my ideas. It's poison to my mind. Mister, take it from the better side. Your thoughts are now condensed in one pen. It's all there. Condense this! I'm out of here. Right, so we now lost one member of the group. We cut three months later when the company got huge increase in sales, but also a lot more concerned customers who lost their data in the pen. Yes, uh, as you see from uh, our earnings in the past uh, three months, we have made a lot of money while managing to at the same time lose customers. It seems that people take advantage of the fundamental properties of the pens to give them other uses, and we have a very small customer base that is kind of addicted to our pants. Yes, especially we saw a rise of many, many local laundry shops when they were actually cleaning clothes using our pants. 
and they were employing both left-handed and right-handed people. So they were also like very uh, polite and uh, like keeping everything in balance. So I would say that we found our market. Mm. Mm. I would even call this hybrid vigor. That's it. That's our new name of our pencil. Vigor by hybrid. And now we have another cool paper from Hedwig. Mm -hmm. A cool paper indeed. So, have you ever driven with your bike through a city? Did you notice that whenever you were driving your bike, these pigeons would fly away so slowly, and only in the end they flew away and you would not collide into them? Did that ever happen to you? I probably drive too slow. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, because <laughs> then they have time to fly away. I remember when I was a small kid, I always made sure I slowed down to not drive into the pigeons with my bike. But there were some mean kids around who were actually, when there were pigeons around, increasing their speed just to collide into them. And when I read this paper, I actually realized we as a human species are the mean kids at the moment. And I will explain you why. We are trying to find ways to, in our society, which in where we want to travel fast to find environmental-friendly ways of traveling. So we're trying to find ways to not travel with the airplane, but, for example, travel with the train, which is more environmentally friendly. But only when you look at the greenhouse gases. And we're going back to the birds I was talking about. We are now having these high-speed trains. They go with, like, 300 kilometers per hour. With a bike, you already go every now and then into birds. If you now have an object going at 300 kilometers per hour, how many birds will you collide with? And that was his research about. But how do you investigate this? Um, because the, the trains will go 300 kilometers per hour, so you cannot just stand at the railway station and, and watch because it's quite dangerous to be so close to the train. Uh, then you might say, how about we look at the bird carcasses from the birds that flew into the train? But they're not really recognizable. And how do you cover the whole railroad network? So they did it very simply. They just used cameras. So what they did is they installed a camera into the, uh, into the train. And just to have a backup, they also have an observer behind it. The researchers uh, gathered data for about a year. It was in the surrounding of Madrid. Um, and it was on a high-speed line of 320 kilometers. And in total... They recorded 66 journeys of the trains, which means about 15,000 kilometers of data. And they compared a, uh, a track where there was a high frequency of trains going every day, so about 53 trains, and they compared to a track where there were only about 25 trains per day. They estimated there was a collision of one bird per 350 kilometers. And if you then note that down to the high frequency railway track, they estimate that about 60 birds per kilometer per year are dying on that track. Whereas in the low-frequency train track, there will be about 27 birds per kilometer per year dying. And this track is 320 kilometers. So think about the number of birds dying per year on that track. And what I found most notably is that I was complaining in the beginning about the pigeons never flying away from the bicycles. Also, when there is a train with 300 kilometers per hour approaching a pigeon, 
one in ten does not fly away. And why does the bird not fly away? The authors are saying that probably these birds have sensory and behavioral limitations. So they are not able to adapt to be careful for trains that are approaching them with 300 kilometers per hour. So I find this data quite worrisome on a biological perspective. So the researchers suggest that we might need to adapt our tracks a little bit to not destroy nature even more. The solution is very simple. It might not be very nice to the passengers in the train, but we need to build barriers so that the birds are actually not in between the tracks anymore and the overhead lines. So maybe we should just build walls along the train tracks. And also we must reduce the attractiveness of real tracks to birds. I mean, they're sitting there on the poles and they found out that Mostly the birds sitting on the poles and then being scared by the train were actually colliding with the train. So we should make the environment less appealing to the birds. Well, I know that with the highways, there are huge problems that they are causing great barriers in, 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 in gene flow. That you actually have like separated populations on the left and the right side of the highway. So with the railway tracks, they usually at least can jump through. So building walls would cause not maybe problems to birds, but to all mammals. Well, you could build like plexiglass walls so people can still see, and then you'd have passages under the tracks. What about the train making noise? It's the speed. Their their speed reaction is not quick enough to deal with a train of 300 kilometers per hour because that's milliseconds in which they have to sure, react. But if a train has a warning sound ahead of it, mm-hmm. it gives time to react. So how do you imagine that? A train continuously honking? No, making a cat sound. Like meow, meow. (laughs) 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 What's this cheaper than I want? What is the speed of sound? The speed of sound? Yeah. One Mach. It's 1,200 kilometers. More than that. Or around that. (laughs) So the sound of the honking train would come four times faster than the train itself. (laughs) There I go. (laughs) So that could be a solution as well. Yes. <laughs> okay. What well, about digging tunnels and projecting the nature on the walls? <laughs> yeah, you could do that. <laughs> Maybe indeed tunnels for the trains is a very good solution for this. Yeah, but then it's like uh, building walls. It will not be appealing for the passengers. No, no, no. That's why I would have a project like a, a screens on, instead of windows and project the, the, like the moving nature. But now you're coming to a fundamental question: What is more important? Nature or your experience? I mean, if your experience is not nice, you will not choose alternative of the train compared to an airplane. Actually, now that you mentioned that, that would be a real thing to find a solution because with this new thing that the guy from Tesla is making, the Hyperloop, is a tube that the whatever train, whatever thing it is, is going through. No walls, nothing. So eventually you will have that thing. It's like underground, but overground. But you're in a tube so yeah. yeah, that would protect maybe from any pro- collision. Yeah, so maybe the projections in the end would be the eventual solution. You know how this number of birds compares to the number of birds killed by domestic cats? Whoa. Very good question. <laughs> That's a scary number. Yes, yes. I do not know what the number of birds killed by domestic cats is. So with the birds killed along the highway, on, along these um, uh, railway tracks, it's uh, quite diverse in the species. Mm-hmm. Being both rapture, really, really big birds of prey as passerines are being killed. Whereas think for cats, it's mostly passerines and not the big birds of prey as well. 
So I was going to say that this is natural selection in action. <laughs> but actually, if there are sensory behavioral limitations, no, there isn't. There, 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 you cannot improve. Well, yeah, behavioral yeah. limitations you always find. You, there has to be a way how to teach birds don't go to the rail track. <laughs> so can you give us a one-sentence summary? Yes, my one-sentence summary is don't forget the birds when reaching for the sky. In nature, nothing goes unused. There is always a scavenger to do the dirty work of removing the dead animals from the ecosystem. Kebabs! Frost kebabs! You, sir, you seem like you would like a kebab. Oh, yeah, but I don't like pork. What other meat do you have? Uh, we have uh, a mixed. How about mixed kebab? It's a bit of pork, a bit of chicken, a bit of bird, a bit of cows. It's a very nice enhancement of flavors. Whoa, you are saying birds? Yes, yes, chicken and turkey and uh, birds. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I, I just I have to explain. I don't eat owls. Uh, one moment, please. Hey, Roger, how are we doing on owls this month? Uh, They're hibernating or something, no? Yeah, I think we're good. You seem to know what you're talking about. Great. Yeah, yeah, you know, sir, uh, absolutely no owl in our kebab shop. Oh, perfect. I would like to have a double one. Birdie one. Double bird, Roger. Coming right up. Mmm. You know, I've heard you've got fantastic kebab here. Absolutely, mm-hmm. madam. And, and my neighbor told me that actually you have owls in your kebab. So can I have a an, an kebab with owls? Uh, no, I'm afraid you have been uh, misled. We are fresh kebabs. Oh darn! I was going to bring my whole classroom here to get a kebab. Well, I can I can give you my my card, and you can call me to have more information about this. From how you say it, I got impression that I got owl in my kebab, Mister. No, no. You see, my brother runs a camera company hunting uh, owls in the night. It's a special night vision cameras that look for owls in the night and would know more about uh, educational material about owls for the class of this uh, young woman. Are you sure that this works? Do you have it backup? Interesting you mentioned this. Are you aware about audiovisual systems? Of course, I was hunting owls for all my life. That's why I hate them so much. Well, would you be able to advise my brother on uh, his owl project? Of course, I would like to back up his owl hunting system. Roger, can I have the card of my brother? Uh, Sure, there it is. There you go. And by the way, uh, here is your kebab. All right. Uh, uh... Hello? I'm Mark. I, I actually I'm, a, I'm an owl hunter, and uh, I was at this kebab, and they said that you need a help with hunting owls, and I'm kind of searching for a job. So, oh, cool. Uh, you're Mark. You said, "Hi, I'm Adam." Um, so you 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 met my brother? Oh yes, yes, yes. He he was very generous in serving birds. Mm-hmm. Okay. What did you know about owls? Do you know their sleeping patterns, when they eat, what color they prefer? Totally. Mm-hmm. I, I I know the best strategies how to hunt owls. You got to start sneaky, 
and then rush really, really, really fast. Mm-hmm. Because if you go slow, then, then they, 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 they fly away. But if you, if, if you like really rush very, very fast, cannot notice anything, they're like, I was eating just my mouse, and they killed them all. Okay, uh, give me one second, because uh, I'll be back with you. Chip. Jenna? I think we have our man here. Yeah, I think. I'm going to put him on high speaker, and I th- he's an expert on okay. owl hunting, okay? Yes. Okay, so I have here my... Jenna, Jenna, I'm Jenna. Yeah. Oh, what's, I'm confused. What's going on? My partner. All right. And, yeah, I mean, you could tell us more about what were you feeding your owls? I was never feeding owls. I was... You were not feeding your owls? How were you gathering them around to do this stuff? I was hunting owls. What about we meet tomorrow at five? We'll buy you coffee. Awesome. Adam here? Hey, hey, I, I just realized. Yo, Mark, yeah. At five o'clock, we won't see any owls. Let's see it at ten. Ten it is. We're still gonna get you coffee. That it will be worth it. Ciao. Oh my god, he's so committed. Wow. Um I feel a bit um. No, forget what I'm feeling. Okay, I, I have some ecological concerns here. I mean, he, he seems like he wants to wipe out the whole species. Yeah, I mean, we're going to make some money here. But, uh... We cut the 10 in the night where Mark um. is looking at the sky. Mm, I smell some owls. Adam, is that you? And Jenna as well. Hey, how are you? Do do, do do you hear it? No, I'm limited in my senses. I, I don't hear these kind of things. These are owls. They know about you. They smell you. They hate you. Oh, um, um, uh, that's your coffee? Oh, thank you. Thank you, Adam. So, so where are your weapons? We've got the camera. And, and I'm the backup of the camera. And we've got a notebook. And, and a pen. How can I kill the owl with a pen? <laughs> All right, never mind. I brought here a couple of spears and a hunting rifle. If you don't feel like throwing spears tonight, but I, I really like the sound of spear cracking through the bones of an owl. Do you mind if I talk a bit to Jenna for a second? Is that okay, Mark? Yeah. Okay, thank you. Jenna? I think he's a bit behavioral limited. Yeah, I think he didn't also understand that we hunt for documentaries. No. You know what? What if we take all the weapon, we tell mm-hmm. him to film, and we pretend that we kill the owls? And we just never show the result to him. You think that's going to work? It, it's the best thing we can do now, as I believe we're now stuck here in the forest with this mm. behavioral limited guy, and I'm sensory limited, so... Okay. Mark! Ah, oh, 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 oh. Adam, I, I got here! That is the bird we've been filming for weeks! Not Kate! No. Not Kate! Why I, did you kill Kate? I, I, I told you that I know how to find owls. Oh my god. Yes, to find owls. That's why we hired you. To yeah, to find them alive and then we would take care of them. But Okay, um we have to calm down. Let's go for the rest of Why don't you give us the weapons? We take care of that and you film us. You just spot them and then we go for it. And then 
We buy you dinner at the end.、Hmm. How about roadkill? Awesome. All right. I mean, I mean, I mean. Okay. Good. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Recording and action. Okay. No, that's too slow. You have to run fast. Okay. But did you get it?、Uh, yeah, I have the footage. Fantastic!、Okay. We're done for、okay. tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that, we're done. That was、tonight. it. That was it. We don't need more. Let, let's uh, let's. Uh, we're gonna call you back and、yes. uh, and then 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 then. But then, let's then. first go to your brother's shop to get some kebab. Yes, some food for you. Yes. Roadkill. I I told you. Yo, brother! You're、uh, the first、uh, customer today. Oh. Uh, you know, I have a night schedule. Yeah, Most I, drunk I, I, people eat yeah, kebabs. Yeah, tr- true that. It's too early for that, right?、Um, so I had a, an enlightening、uh, vision today. Yes, no, you know, no. you've, you've been using this camera and all this electricity、mm-hmm. for your batteries. And have you ever thought about the ecological impact of of playing documentaries? You know, all these TVs take energy and benefit、uh, big corporations. The TV is is rubbish. You buy, you throw away after five years. Wow! Wow,、uh, you've got a point there. Yes. So I have decided to eat dead bodies. What? Uh, um. What?、Uh, what? Of what? Of, well, I mean, not the birds. The birds are killed by bad reasons. We should eat humans. So I have been experimenting with recipes. I have here some thighs and fingers,、uh-huh. actual fingers. You know, we we call all these food fingers, but no one has thought to serve fingers. Isn't this a genius idea?、Uh, I am. I am speechless. I knew it. You are the second person to say that today. So there you go. You can try this taster. I have fingers with three sauces. Obviously, the sauces are from recycled chemicals that are biological. And you're sure the- it's okay to eat these sauces? Oh yes, of course. It's completely organic. It's very ecological. You will be speechless after this. And you, sir, sir you、really- seem like you would like some meat. I sir, I was listening to your conversation. I got to say, this is a whole new perspective on ecology. Exactly. There you go. Here's your portion. Mmm. Arrowless meats. Delicious. Well done, everyone. We hope that you have been as inspired as we have. Remember that all episodes are accompanied by chapters and are supported by show notes with links to all the literature we discussed today. You can check out more Catalyst projects at www.thecatalyst.ch, and our amazing music was composed and performed by Primitivo. Thank you for tweeting us.